He's got a beautiful backswing. That's, oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Layup with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. Hello and welcome to another edition of the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell not with us today. He's feeling a little under the weather, and I think all of us kind of are with this sinus stuff going around. Uh, but T-Dub, uh, we get to talk a little tour championship. Uh, Patrick Cantlay wins the FedEx Cup. Maybe put an asterisk next to it. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, we have the Ryder Cup picks coming out tomorrow. Uh, if you're listening to this show, we're recording on Tuesday about midday, uh, so we do not know who will be the picks for the Ryder Cup team, but we have a good general idea of that uh and then we'll get into some other stuff like the solheim cup ou and osu played at pebble over the weekend uh so we got a lot of stuff to talk about t-dub uh but where do you want to start i mean let's just let's just start back last week sam tour championship what were your thoughts obviously it it would seem like a two-horse race for a lot of it we thought maybe jt would be able to make a run sunday wasn't able to do it turned out being it was rom and kevin na who were the two in who tied for if it was just a 72-hole event, and on the official World Golf Rankings, they are both getting credit as winning the Tour Championship, which, as we've complained about so many times (laughs) in the show, is a complete atrocity. But yeah, let's just get back to the tournament. What what were your thoughts on the the shots that could have been hit down the stretch and the shots that were hit down the stretch? Because obviously Cantlay hit it close on sometimes. Uh, I can't remember the exact hole, but he missed like the four-footer, where he had a chance to take that two-shot lead and really gain some momentum. Rom obviously had the stretch of pars. He he played bogey-free, but the only birdies he made were a, a one footer on I believe it was the fifth hole or the fourth hole and then he birdied 18 obviously when he needed to chip in for Eagle and then Cantley just hit it 370 right down the middle on 18 when you have to with 15 million on the line basically a 10 million dollar difference Sam I mean how nervous would you be coming down oh, the stretch I, I'd be shaking in my boots uh, but my my initial thoughts of it are you know I, I really hated it for John Rom because if we go back to the memorial obviously John Rom would have had the advantage on Cantley in this tour championship because Cantlay ended up getting that extra $800,000 uh, and, and helped him get higher in the FedEx Cup points. And then Cantlay, no discredit to Cantlay because he won, you know, the last two events. And so, like, that's super clutch. But uh, just my initial thoughts are John Rahm is still the player of the year. And do you want to debate that or do you agree with me on that? Uh, he, he has to be the player of the year. I think he Even played the best Even though Cantlay won four times? Uh, Rahm's got the major. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 that, I think that's the difference maker. I, I, mean, I totally agree. So, Plus, you know, Cantley got a win where Rom really won the tournament. Yeah, and the, very good point. And that's that's one thing that kept frustrating me about this last week. They kept talking about how close Rom and Cantley were on the money list, and I'm like. You need to give Rom an extra one point eight million, yeah. and then just, let's just assume that uh, Cantley finished a solo second. Even though he tied with Morikawa, so if they tied second, that's a lot different money. Right, you're at least seven hundred thousand less. Yeah, so they're not really anywhere close on the same money list when you think about. It.
about it. And then so you look at it, you got the four major championships. You got Hideki. Hideki's not going to win player of the year. Right. Phil Dankster ain't going to win player <laughs> of the year. Um, let's see. Uh, Morikawa's probably not going to win. He didn't have a better season than Rom did, especially here down the stretch. And that's something that we need to look at too, Sam, because once we get talking more about the Ryder Cup, I mean, we're kind of like a uh, U.S. team's kind of looking like a football team right now. I mean, they got injuries <laughs> left and right. I mean, we've got a rib injury for yeah. Morikawa. Obviously, the, the wrist injury with, with Kepka, which I want to get to with you more about. But I, I don't want to uh, shake away from this tournament because we're talking about how nervous we would be out there. I don't know how I'd be able to hit a shot on 15, well, that par three. Yeah. <laughs> with 10 million on the line, that, that green looks like a – they talk postage stamping. It literally looks like a nickel hey, out there in the middle of body of water. Cantlay got a little fortunate on that tee shot, by the way. Did he not? Is, is, isn't it interesting? We talk about fortunate. Him on 17 might have been the most fortunate ever. He hits it way right, right. on into the tree. Right. Literally, if it bounces any – it bounces back left. It's like that commercial. Remember back in the day, and it has the dog that goes and grabs the guy's ball and drops it in yes! the fairway, and he's like, I'm killing it today. Yeah, that's like, uh, what's uh, what's Hayden and Willie's dog's name? Sam the dog. Sam the dog, yeah, there yeah. we go. It's like Sam the dog was out there help, helping Cantlay because if that ball bounces, it bounces back left, right. which gives him room to hit over the <laughs> – and I know he still made bogey and, and actually made it, what, probably he, an eight-footer? He, he caught that flyer over the green, and he was dead over there. So, you know, that didn't really save him the tournament. The shot of the tournament was him stepping up right after Rom almost one-hopped it into the hole uh, on 18 for an albatross I mean that ball is you know minuscule like is six inches away from going in the hole I thought it was going to hit the, the one hop yeah at least hit the flag uh and then Cantley steps up and just lands it perfect right on the front of the green rolls it up to you know 15 feet and then honestly great lag putt because yeah, I mean that one can go off in your hands pretty easily if you're putting all you have to do is two putt for 15 million dollars I mean, it's not as easy as it looks. And he rolled it up there to about two inches and tapped it in for his 15 mils. So, I mean, that was pretty clutch. And that was the shot of the tournament, in my opinion, was the second shot for Cantlay on 18. Well, and it's something that can get under underestimated, in my opinion, because you think, oh, well, he can just put it up there close. It's not that big a deal. It's it's a lot hard. It's a lot easier to hit that thing to two feet or eighteen inches and then than you, it is to just hit it. You to don't two want inches. anything outside of a foot no, for no, fifteen million dollars. No, you want. I'm, I remember to this day, Tiger hit it about eighteen <laughs> inches past it in twenty nineteen Masters, yep. and I was I was more nervous on that putt than I was any Shaking. putt I ever hit in my entire Absolutely. life. Absolutely, you're I, exactly right. But I want to talk about that shot that Cantlay hit into eighteen because I, we just talked about the drive. He hit it longer than Rom did. I mean, just bombed. He landed on the down slope, get some run out, but. He was coming in off of a downslope already. So for him to be able to hit that high of a shot, he was able to carry the bunker, land it. So I think they said he hit six iron in there. I, and it, for me on Cantlay, obviously we saw it down the stretch on 17 and 15, kind of like you were alluding to earlier. Mm -hmm. His miss is to the right. And honestly, yep. it looks like every time that he swings, he hits a little 10-yard fade out there. It's he just plays a, matter a little push cut just when he hits – you know where he when he's aiming where he wants to he hits a little push cut but sometimes he gets a little even more under it and out of it you know and it, and it goes right and when he hit that shot on 15 I was like oh my gosh you better have enough club here and it landed soft and didn't bounce right at all uh, and allowed him to you know get that ball up and down I mean how nervous are you when that ball's in the air when it, I mean for him yeah <laughs> I was rooting for Rom yeah oh, of course I, yeah if you're hitting the shot yeah. it's going because that for anyone who doesn't who didn't watch or doesn't 
doesn't know that that was a yellow line. Yeah. So it, normally when it's a red line, if it hits it hits in and bounces in the water, you can drop up there. No, 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 no. Not with a yellow line. You got to drop, go to the drop zone or or wherever it was. That by they the were way, going. heck of a bunker shot by Rom on that hole too. <laughs> That is one. We of the talk most- about we talk about that shot for fifteen mil. Imagine having water behind, having to hit this long bunker shot and not bone. I mean, I'm home running that ball into the middle of the lake. That's what I, is because a lot of people talk about the hardest shot in golf is the 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 bunker shot that's like fifty to seventy yards over other yeah. bunkers. I would argue that maybe the long bunker shot with like a back flag and yeah. water just a little behind it maybe even tougher. Well, especially when you have to get it up and down and he played it perfect like the like professional chunk and run was what I like to call that shot. That, that's the only way you could play that shot, isn't yeah. it? Like like there's no way you can hit a nip spinner right. on that. I mean, <laughs> no. Imagine it just one hopping and then spinning right by the hole. Maybe it, Tiger in his prime would have the nuts to do that. I I, I mean, I tell you, I don't know how, how you'd be able to do it. Um, And just let's let's just scroll down here and get through some of the other names. What a great week for our boy Victor Hovland. I mean, yeah, fin- finished, absolutely. finished top five in, in the Tour Championship. I mean, that's that's a hell of a season right there. I mean, and so we got to give crop star boy Vic there. Um, shout out to some speaking, other guys. Speaking of Victor, while, while we're talking about him, uh, I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, yesterday, I texted him and asked him, you know, if he could come on the podcast. And he's like, dude, I would love to, but I'm playing this week. My dumbass thought that he was on an off week. I forgot that they were playing the BMW over in Europe, and he's actually number one on DraftKings, the favorite to win the tournament, and I'm sitting over there like, hey, can you come on Friday? <laughs> he's like, I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle of playing, playing around the golf. That's at, uh, it's just at one of the best golf courses in the world, Wentworth, and we'll do a little bit of previewing for that as well. And, I mean, just I mean to finish top five in the Tour Championship, you, if you just start your year – and you say, like, we're just starting the year 2021. We're writing down our goals, which most golfers do, you say. And if I, if I finish top five in the Tour Championship, for, what's Vic, 22 years old, 23, something like 23, that? I 23, I think. Yeah, yep. I mean, so for 20, I mean, that, and obviously we talk about the money and all that, but tied with Shoffley, obviously all the exemptions. I mean, he, he already get that with, with his status anyway. But, I mean, just great for him. And another local guy, Abe Anser, uh, T9, top 10. So you had two guys with Oklahoma ties finishing top 10 in the um, in the Tour Championship. Really yep. great stuff. And just goes to show, I want to get look here at, so this is how the tournament would have played out if there was no advantage. So okay. this is just this is just who shot the best score. And like I said, this is really a bad way to look at it. And Tito, how did you find this information? Because Data Golf already took it off. So just let the people know if they want to go back and look at it. Yeah, so so the best way to do it is I'm on the, uh, the official World Golf Rankings website because that's like we've talked about. The, the, by the way, the strength of field was 538. I don't think that we covered that last week. But um so, yeah, and so on the official World Golf Rankings website, that's where you can look at it. And, you know, you scroll down, you see Kepka did not was one of the people who didn't finish. He was at uh, with the wrist injury and everything. But the guys who would have been up there, Kevin Na, John Rahm, we talked about that earlier. Uh, Xander Schauffele would have finished two strokes behind them at 268. Hovland, JT, and Cantley would all finish tied fourth. Then you go down, you got Billy Horschel, then you got T8, you got DJ, Daniel Berger. Uh, tenth would have been Sergio Garcia. So it's kind of interesting, Sam, that we can look back and we can kind of critique this system, and I, I really kind of want to get into this a little bit because I, I understand the premise and I, the, the way that it worked out, Cantley was able to get that victory, and that's really what helped him because that's one of the reasons why I didn't really want to pick him this week is because he had not played that well at Eastlake, but even this, he still would have finished top five. I just, I, what ways can we make this system better, Sam? I, I just feel like that there's got to be a better way to decide the year, the, the year long champion. You know, we talked about it. We watched some of the tour championship together uh, with the hump man, who's a big golf guy. Golf and then legend. we watched it with my brother-in-law Hunter, who said he's a casual golf fan. Uh, and even Hunter, you know, 
said, I kind of like it where there's two champions where you know who wins the tour championship and then you know who wins the points list. He didn't think it was that confusing. Now, some people might, and my whole deal is there's no perfect way to do this, right? You know, there's no perfect way to give, you know, the points leader an advantage, um, you know, because sometimes there could be a points leader that's just head and shoulders above everybody else. You just never know. And then he gets, what, a two-shot, you know, cushion on the field. And so, you know, I, I don't know that I love it, but it, I I think it's entertaining. I mean, you know, this year it was absolutely entertaining with Rom and Cantlay coming down the stretch, and those were the two players that are battling it out for player of the year. I mean, Cantlay still might win player of the year, yeah. right? Yeah. And so what I'm saying is, like, it gave us a battle of the two best players all year. So I don't have a problem with it in that respect. Yeah. But if you want more guys in the mix for the actual tour championship, you know, trophy, then you would want it the other way. But I I have no problem with it the way that it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely set up to be an interesting golf tournament. Like we said, I mean, it's just uh, – and even – I mean, how many great tournaments did we have in a row to end the season? Oh, we had, it was we, great. We had this, the six-way playoff at the Wyndham. And then we, this was basically an 18-hole playoff. Essentially, yeah. That's what, <laughs> basically what it came down to. It was match play yeah. the whole week. Then we had Bryson Cantlay the week before, and we had uh, your boy Cam Smith and, and Finau the week before yep. that. So, I right. mean, just a great way to end the season. I just – I. I'm I'm with you and I, and I'm going to stick by this point. I don't care how great of a tournament it ended up being. That's, there's no reason that you should just give someone an allotment of strokes to dictate a fifteen million dollar purse or a fifteen dollar winning. Pr- yeah, winning but prize. it's throughout the whole year, though. I mean, I'm, this this is my point. Okay, so the guy who who going into the week who started sixth on the points was what two strokes ahead of the person in sixteenth, or no, I'm sorry, the person in nineteenth. So I mean that's that's just not if you finish sixth. So you're over saying the game, it's not fair for the guys in the middle. Yeah, I I, I think I it's fair for the guys at the top. I, I, I really I, do. I, I agree with that. I think I think basically what it does is is that it puts the you you hit the nail on the head there, Sam. It puts the people who are in the the six to fifteen range mm-hmm. who usually have pretty good years, yeah. but they're closer to the guys at thirty as opposed to the guys at the top. And right. you know, and I'm just looking at it and I think there's so much weight on on the point. So for example, someone like Fino, obviously he wins a playoff event, but I mean, should he have been third going into into the tour championship for fifteen million dollars on the points? I mean, I don't he didn't have that good of a year. Yeah, but he won a playoff event. I, I know it man. The so, playoffs are worth more. I, I I understand that's where the emphasis and I think that there should be more emphasis on the points. I'm just I'm, my point being is that him winning that playoff event got him a lot bigger advantage than maybe someone who fit, who even didn't have that worse of a, a – or he had a better year but had a little bit worse of a playoff stretch and then wasn't able to so, get I, – I, I, go ahead, Sam. So I was just going to say, uh, for the people that don't know or may not know like what the middle uh, money was for this purse and the prize money, so you go $15 million for first, then $5 million for second, $4 million for third, $3 million for fourth, 2 1.3, 1.1. Uh, so all the way up to eight spots, they pay over a million dollars, and basically ninth is a million dollars because it's nine fifty. Then it goes eight thirty, seven fifty, seven hundred, six uh six sixty, and so on and so forth down to the top thirty or top twenty nine because Brooks pulled out. Uh and does Brooks get paid? That's I'm not good, sure. That's a good question. I thought you had to finish all seventy two, but I've been hearing different things. So maybe if you just play a few holes and, and you'll get to play. And nevertheless, I don't think Kepka's necessarily extremely worried about it. I know I would be. But <laughs> here, here's my point, Sam. So so I But I, last I place to, gets what? Four hundred grand? 
Yeah, 395. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, de- definitely a hell of a season to do that. So, this is my point, and this is exactly what you were saying. So, the guy who finishes going into the church, into the church championship, who's in sixth, starts at four under par. Mm-hmm. The guy who is in 20th starts at two under par. I see what you're saying. You know, so, I mean, yeah. is the guy in sixth, is he not two strokes better? So, do you That's think half that, a stroke around. Do you think that it would help to just start guys over par, which they don't do? I I would say, and see, you can even look at it from this perspective, right? Or just so, go the other way and start the leaders at 15? I, I think that, in, in all honesty, there may, I think there's a little bit too big of a gap between, I think there's too big of a gap between one and six, in all honesty. I think it needs to be spread out a little more. So, yeah, I would say maybe... Start the leader at 15, and then yeah, go but 14, then 15 13. 15 is just too much for a guy in last place to come back from. I, I know, but, but I, I— But here's the deal. Here's what they need to do. They Since we had the perfect—we have the perfect formula to get to get the last two guys, right? I, I brought it up on the last show. Add one more tournament, and then have a, a PGA Tour final, like after the Tour Championship, or if you even want to make the Tour Championship, the, the final— you know, have the top five guys and See, just go battle it out for 72 holes. I think that's exactly what they tried to do with this tournament, but they just kept it at the 30-man yeah, size I mean, field. it basically is, right? Yeah. Except then you got more people to watch for fans, like, early in the morning and stuff like that, but it's still only 30 guys. Yeah, so basically what you got at that point is, I mean, it's the last two years, so DJ going into it won at 10-under, and Cantlay won at 10-under. And neither one of the times were they were they both have won. Obviously, we've talked about it and said that, well, they could have played differently, so on and so forth. And you just look at it. So, really, at this point, it's kind of, if you start in the top five or six, you're competing for the first place. And then anyone who starts down at 20th can bump up to, like, what Billy Horschel did, who finished ninth, who started, I believe, at the week at even par and got almost a million dollars. So, I mean, there's just, I think there's got to be a better way to reward or I wouldn't I wouldn't say reward I would just say the guys that are that are around the middle of the pack in between the 6 and 15 range are get completely screwed in this format just based off of the guys who let's put it this way the guy who's going into 6th in the in the FedEx Cup shouldn't have been four strokes only four strokes better one per round than the 30th guy who just barely got in last week at right. the BMW that, right. that, that's the way I see it because hey, that's so just a stroke around real quick before we get off the tour championship what do you think of I, I thought that there were a bunch of bad things for the US Ryder Cup team like you mentioned, you had uh, Kepka who got hurt on the route, had to pull out not only of the Tour Championship, but he had the big charity match with uh, President of Barstool Dave Portnoy, uh, and then obvious, which was going to be today, right? And so, and then um, obviously, you know, Morikawa. We don't know exactly what's going on, but it's not good. Uh, it, but what you? I, I thought that there were a couple positives for the U.S., like such as Bryson DeChambeau playing some good golf. Justin Thomas looks like he's playing some better golf. DJ looks like his game is rounding into form as we enter the Ryder Cup. So, uh, kind of, what did you think about that as we were watching the Tour Championship? Uh, and while we were watching the Tour Championship, T Dub, uh, hold that thought real quick because we were drinking a couple of clubbies while we were watching. Uh, the Tour Championship. Clubbies are a more drinkable version of the Oklahoma staple, the club special. Uh, Clubbies are the freshest, smoothest, leanest, greenest, number one seltzer in golf. Uh, Only four grams of carbs, two grams of sugar, and 100 calories. The lemon-lime natural flavoring is delicious. Uh, And uh, Clubbies, the official seltzer of slicing limes, not drives. So, anyways, what did you think of 
like I just said, the guys on the U.S. Ryder Cup team because there were some pros and some cons. Well, you know, before we get into the Ryder Cup, I will say this. You know, that you got Saturday, you had football, you had the Tour Championship. You, you couldn't great get, you TV could, day, you, huh? you couldn't get by without a clubby. <laughs> there, was, there was no way. I'm probably, if you had a clubby and a TV on Saturday, you were set. And that's what we had. And I'll tell you what, I may have had one or two too many clubbies yep. to be set. But that's why you have a designated driver and make sure to drive safely. So I just want to make sure to throw that in there for everyone. So let's get back on the Ryder Cup, Sam. So I will say this. Obviously, we got we got a lot of great feedback on our little dispute that we had on, on the Ryder Cup. Who Because, you know, you're a little bit higher on the Europeans than I am. But I will say this. And we'll get to it later in the show. Oh, absolutely. But I, I just absolutely. want you to mainly just talk about the U.S. right now. I'm I'm less optimistic than I was definitely going in because we we either going to have a Brooks Kepka who's either partially injured or not 100% or not even there. But, I mean, we can fill his spot with, with another great player because we're going to debate on who's going to be the last of, like, five guys that could possibly be picked for the Ryder Cup. But a standout like Morikawa playing bad with his rib injury or back injury, whatever he's got going on is is, hard, is definitely a hindrance. But then you also look at guys like Cantlay's playing better, like you mentioned, JT, Bryson, DJ. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm just not as bullish on the Americans as I was. I mean, yeah. go um, about a month ago, whenever we first had these talks, I mean, I was head and shoulders. I thought the U.S. was just going to dominate. They had all this momentum going into it. I thought it was great. But now I'm, I'm a little more hesitant, and I look at the European team, and I, I, I I think that they're playing a little bit better, too. Obviously, we look at the analytics here, and besides John Rahm, the Americans still have a pretty good advantage. I'm just, I'm, Maybe it's just the classic Ryder Cup theme of you get closer to it and you have a little bit more hesitancy. You have to pull out because the Europeans, they just seem to kind of come together as much. And now we got we obviously have the Brooks-Bryson thing, the Brooksy comments. And uh, right. we had Cantlay Bryson this at the BMW <laughs> with, hey, don't walk while I'm hitting. Right. So, you know, who knows if there's any feud. And heaven forbid if Reed gets picked for the team, then we got all kinds of chaos well, coming in. How about let's do this? So, I mean, because I, I want to dive all the way into this. I want to give what we think the picks should be for the U.S. Ryder Cup team uh, and the and the Europeans and, and kind of dive in because I think that we're totally going to disagree on who's going to win this Ryder Cup. Uh, and maybe not now that you said you're not as bullish. But I, I, how about this? Let's go to break. Uh, and then we can talk a little bit about Berger, about Reed, about Simpson, Scheffler, maybe even Kevin Na, maybe not the Kevin that we were talking about a few weeks ago. No doubt. Uh, and Kisner, Kisner, I think, is out. Uh, but, yeah, let's send it to break real quick. We'll yeah. have uh, Solheim Cup after the break as yeah. well. Talk, talk a little about the, Solheim the, Cup. The debacle that was the U.S. team Absolutely. this last week. And then also shout out the uh, the state schools. They finished one and two at Pebble Beach, yep. which is not a very good golf course. So, I mean, good that they were able to, <laughs> to, to get around there at a lowable score. So, so. Yeah, let's do that, and we'll send it to break and uh, talk a little team golf. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. 
And we are here on the other side of the break on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. And before the break, T-Dub, we were going to talk some Ryder Cup, but let's put that off for just a second. Uh, And let's talk about the Solheim Cup. The Solheim Cup, the U.S. women went out there and they did not deliver uh, the Solheim Cup back to the U.S. The Europeans went and took it straight from U.S. soil. Uh, T-Dub, any thoughts on the Solheim Cup? I mean, could could you not gotten off to a worse start? You're <laughs> down three and a half to half a point after the this, the Saturday morning foursomes. I mean, what, what are you supposed to do? Literally, the only match that the U.S. was able to have was uh, Annie Yang and, or I'm sorry, Ali Yung and um, Megan Kang beat Celine uh, C- Butner and uh, Georgina Hall. And I mean, excuse me, just for the fact Georgia that Hall. Georgia Hall, sorry. And uh, I'm really bad at pronouncing names. But <laughs> and I'm also a little flustered because our man Colby usually does all the producing and I was doing it middle of the break. And I'm about to give Colby a raise because he's <laughs> dealing with some AC issues and I was dealing with some technical issues. But yeah, I mean, you, you get down, you're losing three and a half to half a point and you're climbing uphill the whole time. They were able to get uh, even two points squeezed out in the four balls after that. And then, then su- Sunday morning foursomes. And the reason it sounds weird is because of the Labor Day part. So we had Monday singles, which is something you usually don't see. Usually it's Sunday singles. So Sunday foursomes, the U.S. was able to go out 3-1. Looked like they were able to make a little bit of a charge there, and they're making a comeback. Well, then all of a sudden, the Sunday four balls, they lose 2.5 to 1.5. So then they're behind the eight ball again. Then they end up – so then they're going to have to win two point two more points than the Europeans on the the Monday singles, and they end up going 6-6, and splitting Right. right down the middle. So really, I think, Sam, it's just the fact of the the U.S. They just got behind the eight ball too well, bad, and the worst part is that it was at Inverness on uh, home soil. Yeah, Inverness, the home of the Bob Tway bunker shot, where he you know uh, won his only major. But you know, from the little that I saw of the Solheim Cup, I thought that the U.S. Uh, women kind of got a little consumed with more pumping up the crowd and not making putts. And what we see from uh, that European uh, women's squad is that they were rolling in putts from everywhere, especially on that final day. Uh, and I and I I just think that sometimes uh, the home soil can maybe hurt you, and, and especially when it gets going bad. Uh, that you know, sometimes, especially with an uh, inexperienced group of girls, you know, that I think that they might have gotten a little more nervous with their home crowd. Kind of, you know, they're they're every time you hit a bad shot, it's you know what I mean, and so it's kind of like more nerves than you would normally have in a normal normal LPGA Tour event. Well, and I'm thinking too, especially that, that Saturday morning, so you, you expect that with there being four groups out there, you know, like the last group, which was uh, Lexi Thompson and uh, Altramore, or Altramore, the last name, you know, you expect them, they're out there, they can hear some roars up ahead mm-hmm. in the first groups because they, they can build some momentum. Whenever you're losing every match, there's no roars. You're not right. hearing anything, so it's just like definitely quiet, kind of like you were saying. So it's like when you hit a bad right. shot, there's nothing really said. Even even if the Europeans had a bad shot, you hear cheering going on, right? And so, which is what you don't ever have at a normal tournament. So I just think that it's sort of like a football game, you know? It's like the whole crowd knows when a team's about to choke, like right. you can feel it. And, and I think with just the end, I don't know if it's they weren't prepared that Saturday morning. Were they too confident? Were they too nervous? I, I'm not sure, Sam. But to go out and be down essentially, essentially three O is 
what they're down. It's three and, and I, a half to half. And but. I think in team golf, it starts from the top. And Nellie Corda did not play her best golf this week. No, she did not. No, I mean, having a, a losing record is not what you expect from the number one player in the world. And let's get to, uh, I want to get to the Saturday, or the Monday singles. So, Lexi Thompson, you start going out. She goes out in halves with Anna Nornquist. And, you know, she maybe had a chance to win, but so did and that was a pretty neutral fight. But, uh, Annie, I'm sorry, Ali Young and Jennifer Cupcho, they go out and get beat 3-2 and two and 5-4 and four in the second and third match out. At that point, the U.S. doesn't have a chance. Even after that, they win, um, was that, six of the next ten matches or yeah. nine matches. So, I mean, they, they did what they had to after that, but the, the leaders didn't go out and do what they needed to do, Sam. Right, and we just see it, especially in the Ryder Cup. You know, how many times is the U.S. not only favored but big favorites, and the European squad is just a better team. I mean, I think there's something to be said, even though golf is an individual game, uh, and you're still, you know, even in best ball, you're playing your own ball. I think that just that team camaraderie is a big deal. And I think the Europeans are better at it, not only in men's golf, but women's golf as well. It's kind of like the uh, the 2004 Pistons. You remember that team where yeah. they had Chauncey Rasheed Billups? Wallace, you know, yeah. Big Ben... Big Ben Wallace, you they know. Did, they didn't have anyone who was like a top five player in the league, but they were all really good. They knew their roles, and they yep. kind of did it. I mean, obviously, like we said, golf's an individual sport, but it kind of reminds me of that. So that's a great segue, Sam. So let's get into Tayshaun the— Tayshaun Prince. Tayshaun Prince, there we go. And, <laughs> yeah. um, he was know. the glue guy. He was like the defender. Yeah. Anyways, it, no, so basically, let's let's dive into this Ryder Cup. And obviously, Steve Stricker, uh, who we got to talk to at, you know, the PGA uh, Senior PGA Championship up at Southern Hills, uh, has some big decisions to make tomorrow morning and we heard the likes of you know Brandel Chambly during the tour championship come out and say he would take Sam Burns uh, and we've he- heard a lot of different opinions on this especially uh, your opinions on Reed uh, that, that that's going to be a big talking point whether he makes the team or not uh, and then you had guys that came out and like you said got uh, if everyone started at even par Kevin Na would have tied for the win at the tour championship with John Rahm and so if you want a guy that can putt do you, do you consider Kevin Na? Kevin Na made one bogey in 72 holes this last week. That's pretty one, impressive. One, one bogey. And, you know, here, let, let me pull up what he had done. Because we're not just talking about guys who played just one good tournament. Kevin Na has been playing well. And, I'm obviously, I've talked about how much about I don't like the walking in. But let, let's just talk about how he's been playing. Obviously, we just mentioned tied with Rom for the 72 holes. 17th last week at the BMW. 8th at the Northern Trust. Was in that Wyndham playoff that we talked about. Six-way playoff. So, easily had a chance to win there. Finished second. Tied second to John Deere, Sam. Don't even remember that. 23rd at the FedEx St. Jude. Kevin Noss playing some good golf. I so think he has do, a sneaky chance. Let me do the same thing that we did with Kisner the other week. All right? So, Kevin Noss, do you trust – this is the question. Do you trust Kevin Na in a Ryder Cup more than Scotty Scheffler? I see this. It's uh, So, let, let, we'll put it into perspective. So, we can all agree it's going to be Finau, Schauffele, Spieth, Berger, Harris English going to be the top uh, five, correct? I think that, you know, Berger might be more on the bubble than we think, but maybe not after that final round at the Tour Championship. That was really solid. What, he shoot, like, seven under or something like that? I think so. It was something like that. So, what is – so, would any of those five guys, would you pick them over over Berger? Or, I'm sorry, would you pick anyone anyone that you haven't mentioned over any of those guys that I mentioned? It depends on how high you are on Sam Burns. And, you know, do you – So, would you pick Burns over Berger? No, I, I'd have to go Burger, especially after pick the recent form. More over Harris English? No, Harris is a lock. Okay, so you think Harris opinion. is so? Fe, Fe, I, Fe I think that the, the 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 guys on the bubble are obviously Reed, uh, Simpson, 
Scheffler and Burns. And yeah. You got to choose two out of those guys. Oh, you got to right? choose one or one. Sorry. Yeah, but, uh, that's that's assuming that Berger is a lock because right. We assume is a lock, correct? After winning the the Barclays or not the Barclays, um, BMW. Yeah. Or, right. No, you got to choose that one out of those guys because we're we're saying Northern that, Trust. We're saying that you got to choose one because we're saying Finau's a lock, Xander's a lock, Spieth's a lock, Harris is a lock, and I think Berger is probably I'm, a lock. I'm giving it to Berger. Berger's got to have it. I, I I agree, and so and, then, and also, then that leaves you with Reed, Scheffler, Simpson, Nah, and Burns. Well, I do think that and Kokrak, if you think that, <laughs> but I think that he's out. Yeah, I, so I'm I'm going to go ahead and say that I I'm pretty sure Berger's in because I remember reading this the other day where Berger came out and said that he was talking with assistant captain Fred Couples of mm-hmm. the Ryder Cup team. Fred Couples has not been announced as a Ryder Cup assistant captain yet. Yeah, it's but public. all those guys have all the inside info. I, 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 I know, but, but what I'm saying is, is that Berger's been talking with an assistant captain who hasn't been named, which clearly indicates that he's more than likely going to be picked. That, that, well, that, that's no, what Fred I'm saying. Couples was he he has been named a vice vice captain with Phil. Yeah, yes, but that, I'm, what I'm saying is Berger said that before, before the that? before okay. the announcement okay, was okay. made. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I think that Berger's a lock I, I, from the the way that he was phrasing everything is what yeah, I'm getting and if, at. And and he played well uh, at the Tour Championship. And, and according as well. and, and according to our site, Data Golf, he is the fifth best American currently on, on analytically. Form. Analytically, yeah. yeah, and that's including like the likes of Morikawa is currently 16th on there, and he's a lock. Uh, Kepka's in 12th, who may not even play. So that's another element to add to this, Sam. If Kepka doesn't play, we are looking at picking two instead. Of one, so yeah. I guess we kind of whenever we analyze this, so, we need to figure out if it's me. I'm choosing Reed. I don't. I don't care. You're going to pick Reed over over Burns. Yes, you, you're choose, over Simpson. experience. You know, Simpson would be the other guy that I think they're probably going to pick, but I would pick Reed even over Scheffler. I like, definitely I, I, over Scheffler. I, I, I trust so, him more. He. I mean, I know that Patrick Reed is a douche, and you can say whatever you want about him, but the guy he can play. He can golf his ball in match play. He's an absolute grinder, and I think that he has had enough experience where he's cost the U.S. team points in team play where I think that, first of all, you wouldn't even have to play him in team play, but I think if you did, he wouldn't hurt the U.S. team. I think that he would help the U.S. team more than he would hurt it. So here's to put into perspective. Here's here's for the guys who we have we have talked about, but or we're looking at to make the team. So Berger we mentioned was fifth on there. Uh, the next best who we hadn't mentioned is Webb, who's in seventh out of golf. Uh, Scheffler would be in eighth. Of the other guys we had had not mentioned, Kevin Na would be thirteenth. Sam Burns would be fourteenth. So let me Reed ask you Reed would this. be fifteenth. Say say Reed is out like in uh, Stricker's mind. All right. So then it comes down to. Simpson, say, say, just you know, hypothetically, it comes down to Simpson and Na in Stricker's mind, and Na played really good golf last week, and Simpson hasn't been on his best form. Man, I, you, every, it seems like every Ryder Cup captain I've heard speak lately has said you want the guy who's on form, you want the guy who's playing well, yeah. and and Na's been playing extremely well. I do think Webb's kind of getting this game back a little bit. You look at it; he's had he had he finished twelfth at the BMW, finished forty seven. That's not that best finish at the Northern Trust. Did make the cut though. Was one shot out of the playoff at the Wyndham. Finished fifteenth at the uh, FedEx St. Jude and finished nineteenth at the Open. So I mean, Webb's playing some pretty good golf too. Yeah. I mean, so but like we got Brandon Chambly coming out with with Sam Burns, who I think is definitely a good a good uh, option there. I can't think of. It, it's really hard to mess this up. I, I would. Say Say that 
it's going to look – the only way this is a bad pick is in hindsight 2020, right? Is if you pick – let's say you pick Sam Burns and he goes 0-3 or whatever in the matches. Well, then you're going to look like an idiot. And we got to hope that Brooks Kepka can even play. Exactly. So so then – and then that's the other point. Or Morikawa at this point. That's a good I point. I mean, you have to be thinking that Morikawa might, you know, be kind of in that same boat as Brooks. I, I'm hoping because Morikawa has been able to at least – he hasn't obviously played worth a – worth a darn at all, but he's at least yeah. been able to play. And so I would think that hopefully by the time the Ryder Cup comes around, which is at the end of September, right. I would think that he would have... And like we saw from Brooks at the Masters, we know that if he can play at all, he's going to try to play. Yeah, and, and, you know, I, I do worry about that a little bit too because let's say that, you know, you just had that competitor mindset uh, similar to uh, Simone Biles or whatever at the Olympics, uh-huh. you know, where you just go in, you want to play. I know obviously physical and mental is different, but you just have that mindset of you want to play and you just want to go at it. But then you realize when you get there that you, you don't have it. Like, let's say Kepka gets there and he just can't swing. Do we, are we going to have an alternate out there? Are we going to put Phil in to be the alternate as a vice captain? I'd rather have Stricker I, out there. I, 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 I do know. we take alternates to the Ryder Cup? I don't know. I don't think we do. No, because... Well, I don't know. Like, what if a guy gets hurt during team play? Yeah, what? Or, I have or, no idea. What or the what? Rule if, is. This isn't going to happen at Whistling Straits because there's no trees. But what if there was a Brooks Kepka incident where someone hits a root? T Dub, look that up real quick. Look at like look up and see you know if a, what the rule is if they take an alternate to the Ryder Cup. Let's see. Uh, and while you're looking that up, I mean, I'm going to mention Team Europe, and I'm going to start talking about Team Europe because I honestly think that Team Europe is going to win the Ryder Cup. And it's not even going to be close. I think that Europe is the best bet of the year as an underdog heading in to whistling straights. I mean, you have John Rahm, the best player, the player of the year. You have Rory McIlroy, whose game is rounding into form. Paul Casey's having the greatest year of his career. You have Victor Hovland, who's the top-ranked player on DraftKings this week at the BMW, play, had an amazing year. You have Lee Westwood, who has Ryder Cup experience. Shane Lowry, uh, obviously an open champion. You go to Matthew Fitzpatrick every single week. What do we see? Made cuts. That's going to be really tough to play against during match play I think Terrell Hatton kind of has that fire underneath his belly kind of like a Tommy Fleetwood uh, and they could maybe you know win some points for the European team and then you know I really I think that the that the Europeans should choose Sergio Garcia and Justin Rose and if they do that then Sergio Garcia and Justin Rose are going to bring an extra element of experience to that Ryder Cup team uh, and I really do think that you know, these guys gear up for this. It's a way bigger deal to the Europeans than it is to the U.S. players. And I think that Europe's going to come out and just pretty much whip the USA's ass. All right, so I'll have some comments on that in here in just a minute. So but, what's that rule? So from from what I'm seeing, I cannot find where it says that we bring alternates okay. to it. So I, as far as I know, I don't think that we If we, we find out, we'll tweet it out on yeah. the 73rd So and, and I think that, like, for example, I know that – like Bubba Watson was an assistant captain in 2016 when they won. And they said that he says that's one of his best moments ever. I don't know if he can come out and start playing. I don't think you can. I mean, so if you have a guy that gets hurt, do you automatically lose a singles match? Maybe. I, I, I guess we'll – hopefully we won't find yeah, out, I'd, but maybe we will. I don't know. Um. So are we are, are we just – are we all in agreement here? They're going to go Sergio Rose Poulter as their three picks? Yeah. I, I, I agree. 
I mean, me and Colby had this talk. Would would he pick Bobby Mack over him? Absolutely over, not I don't, over any of those guys. I, I don't. I, the main one of the main reasons too is I know Justin Rose hasn't been playing that well, but he did win that Payne Stewart Man of the Year award, and that says something. You know, yeah, that, guess, that's, yeah. that, that's, that just shows you're a good guy, t- good team guy, and that's kind of what we talked about with the Pistons analogy. Yeah, but sense. let's not discredit his golf either. I mean, he's had a down year because he had the back injury at the start of the year, but he's played decent. Like, not great golf, but decent golf as of late. I mean, he's gaining, over the last six months, uh, 0.9 shots on the field. So, I mean, that's almost a full shot on the field. So, it's not like he's hacking it around by any means. And Sergio Garcia, over the last three months, is gaining a full shot and a half on the field. Uh, And so, I think that that's an obvious pick uh, there for Sergio Garcia. And then, you know... um, Obviously, what's the other name that you just mentioned? Escaping Poulter. Me? Poulter. Yeah, obviously Yeah, Poulter, Poulter with the putting, for yeah, sure. No doubt. We all have nightmares about that. Yeah. All right, here we go, Sam. We always talk analytics. On on Data Golf right here, because this is what we, we look at for the Team USA, Team Europe. Of the Europeans and Americans combined, out of the top 20, how many of them are European? Out of the top 20, USA and European. And European, combined. how many are European out of the top 20? So you have John Rahm. Yep. You have Rory McIlroy. Yep. Yeah, he's Paul, 10th. Paul Casey. Yep. Matt Fitzpatrick. Nope. He's not? Nope. Uh, let's he's go. 29th. Let's well, put it this way. You've almost got them all. And There's, then Hovland. Yeah. That's it. Four of the top 20. So you have 16 players who are U.S. Yes, but what I'm saying is it's not like the usual European Ryder Cup teams. These guys, The guys that aren't the in the top 20 are big names. They have Ryder Cup experience. It's not like they're nobodies. But but what I'm saying is, is that they're not... According analytically, they're not playing. The Europeans are not near as good as the Americans. There are but six, analytically, every year it looks like the U.S. is going to beat the shit out of the yeah, but I think, Europeans. I think it's even more now than it is usually on paper before the tournament. Because literally, the fifth best player on the Europeans is Troll Hatton at twenty first. And I mean, I mean, so you got more cows down here at at twenty. So you're even. making my point even more, saying that the that the guys that are not in the top twenty are guys that can just come up and play well in a Ryder Cup because I think they have that big-name experience and big-name, you know, type games to just be able to turn it on for one week, kind of like we saw Phil do at the PGA. You have guys like a Tommy Fleetwood. Could he play good for one week? Could a Lee Westwood have a, you know, career week at the Ryder Cup uh, one more time? Yes, absolutely. Could, you know, a guy like, like you said, like a uh, uh, Shane Lowry, uh, hey, Shane Lowry's been, been playing good. He's too. been playing good golf. He's been over the last three months. He's gained one point three two shots on the field. Uh, and then, like I said, Sergio Garcia is not just a big name. You know, he he has played well lately, and I think that Justin Rose is in that same boat as a guy that could come out one week and just for one week play for Europe. And I think that that's kind of what's going to happen. I just feel like you're reading off these names, and then I'm reading off the names. I'll read off Cantlay, DeChambeau, DJ, Shoffley, Berger, JT, I, even if we want to, Webb, Spieth, okay. Harris English. I just feel like those names have so much more power than these guys who may potentially play good but really haven't been over the last six months. Analytically, who is the USA's best player? Cantlay. Well, I would go Morikawa. Uh, analytically, over the last three months, Cantlay's been by far the best. He's well, okay, two, two over the last three six, months. Four, yeah, okay. versus Morikawa, who's 1.34. Okay, well, and then over the last, yeah, over the last six months, Morikawa has 1.54, and Cantlay is 2.05. Yeah, and okay, then, okay, so, okay, so then you... My point is, Morikawa has not been playing good golf as of late, and he's either the top or second best player on the U.S. team, yeah, analytically. And, and I, I, I'm just going to say this. I'll say that... 
I think that I, I agree with what you say. The Europeans can show up at any time and and play well and beat our ass. We've seen it numerous times. Too but many that's times. That's the bottom half of the lineup. The top half of the lineup's already better than the U.S. No, no, Sam. We just talked about it. literally. No, but my point. No, no, Sam. Sam listen, listen. Dad, got the analytics side. You John, to- John Rom's number one. The next best is Hovland at eight. There's literally two through seven are all Americans. Okay, but so what li- literally two, but two the- three, four, five, six, and seven okay. are all Americans. Yeah, but- how is that not the top? Is that not top heavy better? Morikawa and Kepka. They're not in that list. Okay, listen, what- listen. To this Cantlay, DeChambeau, DJ, Shawflay, Berger, JT. Those are all the only person player better than them right now is Rom in okay. the world. And I will give you that. That all five of those guys are playing really good golf right now. That was yeah, that was okay. six, and that and that's a, that's the top of the board. What you just what you just said? That's top heavy. All five of those guys, right? All six, no, who's six? six? Can't lay Berg, or I'm sorry, can't lay. I'm not counting can't lay. Okay, you don't want to count our best player. Okay, no, I'll, because I'll, I'm saying Rom is better than can't lay. Okay, okay, so then you want to go? Okay, so is Bryson? Uh, are you going to say Bryson or Hovland? What? Bryson or Hovland? Hovland by far. Okay, DJ or Hovland. It depends. Okay. Okay. At whistling straights, I'll I'll give it to DJ. Bryson or Rory? Rory. Have you been seeing, in a have you seen how Rory's been playing? Have you seen how Rory plays in Ryder Cups? I've seen how he's played since he had a kid. I've seen how Bryson plays in in these team golf matches, and I mean, I know that the in, mat- in the one that he played. <laughs> I, no, 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 no. I'm I'm saying. He doesn't seem like a great team guy. Rory McIlroy, great team guy. I, I I really am Sam. I'm just trying. I'm trying to figure out. How you're trying to say that the top half of the European team is the best when it clearly isn't? Literally four of the top. We we scroll through here. The fourth best player is eleventh, and then we get down the fifth best player is twenty first. Okay, on here. So that's I mean, analytically, but if you take out Kepka and Morikawa, they're not in the top. They're not in the top. So, but that, they would be. But so that so that alludes to the point that you're saying too. So if they're not at the top, then they can play good for one week, just like Sergio or Poulter or Larry. But they're hurt. Can. So what? They That's might not. Be, they might not be. That's different, though. I, uh, I, would you? Okay, you just said that about Rose. You said Rose was hurt. Now he's playing better. But he's, he's not healed. hurt anymore. Okay, so Morikawa may not be hurt in a month. We he don't might know not that. be. Neither will Kepka. We don't know but that. We're, we're talking about but, it right now. What I'm saying is, is that you're using Kepka and Morikawa to better your argument, and you're using Rose when they're literally in the exact same boat. No, but Rose, it, he didn't just hurt his wrist on a root. I'll give you Kepka, but Morikawa has uh, basically a month to get his game back. Morikawa just finished DFL if, if oh, Kepka did, didn't Rose pull did out. Rose didn't play one FedEx Cup event. He missed it by one inch. Because he was 126. Because he was hurt at the start of the they year. You 125 players get to play in a playoff event. Rose, sir, he was hurt play. at the start of you the year. You can't play. You're 126. But, hey, the guy who finished DFL in the Tour Championship, yeah, he's not any good. I'm not saying he's not any good. I'm saying that he's yeah. not playing as well as he was at the start of the year. <laughs> Sam, you literally just said that a guy who finished DFL in the Tour Championship is worse than a guy who didn't even make the damn playoffs. Would I take... Would I take Justin Rose tomorrow over Morikawa? Absolutely. Is the Ryder Cup tomorrow? No, I didn't know it was we're tomorrow. talking about it right now. It, it, when is the cup being played? I thought I thought that Morikawa. I literally thought that Morikawa was supposed to be off this injury, and it's lingered for three weeks now. Sam, I would give you this, but when's the Ryder Cup? That's in three weeks. Sam, literally the six players I mentioned that were top heavy. Morikawa was not in that list. 
Okay, but what I'm saying is you're discrediting just because of the analytics. I think that those top guys, such as a John Rahm, a Paul Casey, a Rory McIlroy, Matt Fitzpatrick, and, and you oh, can Matt even throw Hoffman. Oh, man, Matt Fitzpatrick scaring the hell out of me. Yeah, Shoffley ain't going to beat his ass. What Give was, me a break. What was our pizza bet on, on Matt Fitzpatrick in, in singles? Uh, no, that was Poulter and uh, Spieth. Poulter and Spieth. I'll give you one with Matt Fitzpatrick. Whoever Matt, I guarantee you Matt Fitzpatrick Wait, wins who, a single match. Whoever he plays. Whoever he plays. I mean, if he's if he plays injured, Brooks Kepka who isn't there and he gets a free point, I'm not going to buy you a pizza for what, that. What's high on Kepka? You literally came on and said that it's not going to be close and the European is going to beat the USA's ass. And I'm trying it to is. figure out where you're getting this They at. are. I, I don't understand. I just don't understand it. I don't. I mean, you're literally saying that we should be scared of Terrell Hatton. All right, we're we're, we're going to be scared Let's of Terrell Hatton. Let's look at the team Hatton. matches. Let's look at the team matches. They're going to pair Rom and Sergio. They're they're going to win every single match. Not if they play. Okay, if you pair Cantlay and Shoffley, they might not. I think they still would. Okay, they might. Whoop de Okay, one okay. match. Keep on going. You just paired our. That's okay. like our best team we have. If you pair Westwood and Rose together, there will be any duo of the U.S. will bust their ass. Who? Westwood and Rose. Why the? F- why would they do that? Why would but they pair Westwood and Rose? Look, who else are they going to pair? I'm just going off the best players. They're going they to pair. They're going to pair Westwood with Rory, probably. Okay, any any combo will bust they're, their ass. They're going to pair Casey with Rose, probably. Okay, any I'd take any Americans over them. They're going to pair Hovland with anybody. You can pair Hovland with literally anybody. Okay, look, I love our boy Vic, but look, I literally named six Americans who are higher than him on, no, on the Rory. On, on Rory's going to get paired with Shane Lowry. Probably. Okay, and I will take probably any American duo over them. Any any American duo over Ma- Shane Lowry and Rory Maybe McElroy? not. Maybe not because really? Lowry's been playing good. Maybe not. Give me that. Give me some of that action I too, just, I just took it back, Sam. What the Okay. Hell? All right. I'm just trying to figure out where you're – you're literally going – your evidence here is off of a gut feeling and how the <laughs> Europeans have done in the past. I'm going off of what the analytics, the numbers tell me in front of my face. The numbers – that's my point is the numbers say that the U.S. is going to win every single year, but there's a lot of reasons why the U.S., if you look deeper than just the analytics on paper, I think that the U.S. – is in trouble. You, 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 you I, I'm just trying to figure out why you're telling me like Sergio Garcia, Matthew Fitzpatrick. They're telling me like th- like we're playing Tiger 2000 in his prime and Sunday Jack of '86. I mean, it's like these guys are not playing that good, Sam. It's not like they're top hundred. They're not top I ten players to in the it, world but, right now. But the U.S. team doesn't have a Jack or a Tiger on their team this year. No, they don't. Unfortunately, the closest to that is Rom right now. What's the Europeans have? But yeah. but Tigers didn't lead us to victory ever. So I mean. I mean, Cantlay's played do? great as of late, but is he? Is there going to be any you know hangover effect? You know, that's something I just thought about. Tiger has not been on a winning Ryder Cup team this decade or this millennium. Two thousand eight, he wasn't on the team. In twenty sixteen, he wasn't on the team. Wow, I didn't even think about that either. That's kind of sad. How about that stat? Yeah. Tiger since night has not been on a winning Ryder Cup. He team did since win 90. a Presidents Cup. He's won numerous. He's won as a captain. Won yep. every Presidents Cup he's played yep. in. I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I just really like the Europeans this year. It might be a gut feeling, but I do think there's some analytics that backs it up. But we really need to hear the opinion of the GOAT. Randy Williams is joining the show today. T-Dub's dad, been in here. You might have been hearing him giggle. He was giggling during the uh, Ryder Cup debate right there. Randy, what do you think about the Ryder Cup this upcoming year? Well, I think you guys just need to get a, a bet between U.S. and uh, Europe since Sam is uh, 
so uh, un-American these days. That's a good point. <laughs> hey, what do you want, bet, Sam? With a pizza? You want a pizza on it? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll put a pizza on it. <laughs> all right, all right, we got Sam's pizza. unpatriotic. Yeah, yeah, nothing's new there. All right, so the reason, <laughs> reason we're having you on, Father, is that, you know, you are a myth and a legend on the show. You've been listening since day one, literally before Sam even knew that the 73rd hole existed. And you, before, you the- hold on, and, and you got to go back in the days of when T-Dub and I played <laughs> back in the days of, you know, South Central sections or OJGTs back in the junior golf days. Randy was not only out there, he was an absolute legend amongst the guys. If you played well, Randy was there to first congratulate you whether it was T-Dub or not. And if he and if you played bad, Randy was the first guy to go up and grab your shoulders and say, it's all right, buddy, get him next week. I could not have more respect, not only as a father to T-Dub, but as a friend to me and a lot of junior golfers around. I think that Randy Williams is a name that is held high in high regard amongst a bunch of players that have come out around the Oklahoma area. Sam, that's a bunch of crap, you know. <laughs> but so, I, so here, sh- sh- but, but I, but I appreciate it. But, uh, first, first of all, guys, let me just echo what uh, Sam's great dad Craig says. How, how proud I am of the show. I was proud when Taylor and Kobe first put the show together. Man, I just worried about where it could go from there, and I was so excited when our good friend Sam uh, called and uh, with the uh, improvement with Golf Oklahoma, where where the podcast is gone, and I know Craig is really proud, and and so am I. So uh, I'm really proud of you guys, and uh, thank y'all do a great job. Well, I appreciate well, it. well now, now we got to, before we break. We got to get the Ryder Cup thoughts. Yes, so get us in on your Ryder Cup. We, we got one pick, maybe two. If you Kepka heard the whole argument play. just now. What, what are your, where, where do you your stand? Where I stand, I, I'd like to know how uh, healthy Kepke is. Yeah, I I do. I am in behind Chambly. I think Sam Burns is just a hot player. Uh, Taylor, I don't know if you pulled up his stats, but he's just got such a beautiful golf swing, and he has come. These young kids have just come up like you guys have, and you've just been taught to win at such a young age. Yep. And Sam's just out of uh, college from LSU. So uh, he's been on the high stage uh, his whole life. Y'all know top D1 collegiate golf. I think y'all were going to talk about OU and OSU, which is just awesome, awesome stuff. So uh, I think I think coming right out of it, if – I don't know if you can go wrong with anybody. Uh, Taylor Taylor was paired in an AJGA with uh, Scotty Shefford before, and Taylor, Taylor should have beat him by three or four and got beat by three or four. Just <laughs> more than that, like six or seven. Kid made everybody look dead. Scotty was about five years younger, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and, about, and about six inches shorter back yeah. then too, and about sixty yards shorter, and still beat me by eight. Yeah. So, so I I think all the young kids. I I don't think they'll be uh, over intimidated by by anything and the home crowd will help so i i'm i'm really behind sam burns and if Kepi can't go that gives you two picks and i don't think you can go wrong with anybody that y'all discussed so, right, where do you stand that on because we're we've been a hot talking point is reed me and colby both don't want reed sam thinks that reed's good for the team me and colby think that he's on pretty closer to a cancer than anything where do you stand on the reed situation i would be with sam if he was healthy I mean, when he last week when they were talking like uh, his pneumonia was in both lungs and they were telling him to uh, text his living kin because that's how serious it was. Wow. I mean, that is serious. Yeah. And, and that's, that's basically exactly a month before the Ryder Cup. 
and he didn't. He played okay this week, but back, but but no preparation. How healthy can he be the next two or three weeks to get ready? I think the uh, Ryder Cup is actually exactly uh, the Sunday matches will be three weeks from uh, this last Sunday. Right. So it, there's a little time to get ready, but I would see uh, Steve Stricker going in a different direction myself. Yeah. So if you were Steve Stricker. Who would you pick with that last pick? Do you agree that with the five guys that were locks and then you get Absolutely. one one more pick? So who would you go with? Well, it sounds like Berger's uh, pretty uh, – He's in there probably. He's probably in there. I, uh, man, I Like I said, I can't go wrong with anybody, but I, yeah. I, I am in the Burns camp. I've, I've yeah. been really impressed with Sam Burns. Yeah. I really have. He, he, he tends to handle himself very well on the golf course. Hey, and we're not just talking to Randy Williams, Taylor's dad. We're talking to Randy Williams, who finished high in the uh, in the one and done t- t- dub. You got to you got to talk about the one and done. Oh yes, yes. So th- so we're we're going to learn the secrets of the pros here, as we like to call it. So my father, who ran, we we, and we talk about one and done all year. Keep rooting for myself because I was I was anywhere between first, second, third the last couple of weeks. Ended up finishing fourth out of 120, 22 people. So I mean that's pretty good. But dad, you finished second out of everybody. I mean, and you were down in twelfth. You had Cantlay this last week. You saved him because you knew he was going to win the tour championship. Our good friend Jimmy Wilson ended up winning the whole one and done because he had Cantlay as well. So what are the secrets of the pros? How do you do so well in the one and done and make all this money? Uh, isn't that crazy? Uh, <laughs> that 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 is uh, just uh, totally crazy. And I was just telling Sam, it's just the luck of the draw. I mean, I had Cantley saved and. Uh, I was telling uh, Sam that it came down in the in the way our pool works is that the difference between first and second was three million to one million. So if Cantley won that match on Sunday, I I uh, I would get second, which is like a thirteen hundred dollar payout. But if he didn't win, I dropped down to like ninth, which is a two hundred fifty dollar payout. Yeah. <laughs> so that so that one just that one back nine nine stretch was. For a restaurant manager, eleven hundred dollars is a lot of money. I promise <laughs> and, you. And your so, bu- your buddy that worked there too. You guys were both rooting for Cantlay. We were both rooting for Cantlay, and Taylor was rooting for Rom because he, he would have moved up. But uh, it just it's just uh, absolutely kind of funny. It just it it's just uh, a, a year long event. And you get lucky. Uh, yep. And and uh, two where Colby finishing that? By the way, uh, here we'll we'll scroll. Let me scroll down here. Let me <laughs> let me see here. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I'm, I'm I keep going, man. I'm having to go ninety fifth. <laughs> Our man Colby finished ninety fifth. I think I think Colby's AC may be fine. He even texted us yesterday, said that he wasn't feeling well. I think he knew that he was going to come in, swallow his medicine on how bad of a year his one and done was, and I I think that's why. I mean I mean Colby ninety fifth. My friend, I mean, we we, we got to do something about that. I mean, that's I mean, come on, you're trying to give some helpful advice here. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna start instead of when next year starts. Instead of taking Colby's picks, we're gonna give Randy's picks instead. So we'll make sure that our listeners good because even Sam, you had Finau a couple weeks ago, yep. and we're gonna make sure you get in the big pool this year so we can get it all out. But one thing I thought was kind of funny, Dad, you were talking about this earlier. You and Wilson. Going all the way back to the Riviera to uh, at Riviera, he he has Max Homa. You have Tony Finau, 
And Max they Homan, went into, and they went into a playoff. They went right. into a playoff, and you guys ended up finishing one two. It would have been really close if Fino ended up winning that playoff instead of Homan. You guys might have been right there one and two. So whenever we come on and we start throwing stuff and complaining because a guy misses a three footer on to, <laughs> to on the last hole, here's just for example. I finished fourth in the one and done. I finished above fifth by a whopping sixteen thousand dollars. That's crazy. Which is literally um, – the difference between third and fourth at a major championship is six figures. So yep. that goes to show well, literally every single shot match. <laughs> and Randy, when he came in, he heard me talking at the start of the show about putting the asterisks on John Rom. <laughs> I, I mean, on Patrick Cantlay because the whole John Rom situation. He's like, you can't put an asterisk on my one and done. <laughs> hey, hey, no. Ain't going to put an asterisk on that check when they send it in. Mm. So before we get out of here, Sam – we gotta give it up. We gotta get it up to the state schools. Yeah, absolutely. Do- dominating again, and and also shout out Arkansas. They shot Arkansas shot seventeen under on the last round, and put it into perspective here. They're out playing Pebble Beach, like we mentioned earlier. Really, just horrible golf course. I mean, don't even know why they would have a tournament there. And so, well, there's got to be an awesome experience. Oh my for those god, guys. I couldn't I, I couldn't believe it. And so I click on it and I say. Oh, you shot three forty nine. What in the world is going on? Like what? So it was one of those tournaments where they take five, they take six players and they count five scores. Right. And where so it's normally you take five and count four. Exactly. So it's still similar, but you're you're throwing out a score. And I want to shout out a, a couple of players from OU before give credit. OSU won the team tournament at eighteen under. OU won at seventeen under. Uh, Logan McAllister won as an individual, but I want to shout out freshman Andrew Goodman went as the sixth man and yep. finished teed six as a true freshman. Which is awesome because you get nervous sometimes taking those freshmen uh, to the first tournament of the year because if they don't perform and then they're out of the lineup all year, that's their whole year gone right there. That, no, and, and, and then like you, we talked about this before, it can just, as a freshman, you go out and you play bad, that's going to demoralize your confidence in general, let, right. let alone the coaches, so then you can't play at all the rest of the year because of just one tournament. Yeah, but he went out and performed big time. Oh, man, it was it was absolutely clutch. And like I mentioned, Arkansas, they shot 17 under in the final round to get up to 13 under. The only other schools to shoot under par were Texas Tech and Vanderbilt, but they were down at four under and one under, respectively. So there was another close shootout between OU and OSU at 18 and 17 under. And just on the OSU side of it, uh, Brian Stark was the uh, lead man over there. He was T3 at minus five. Uh, Lopez uh, Chikara was T6 at minus four. Bo Jin uh, shot plus one, and uh, uh, Ray and Thomas shot at even par. So, I mean, they were very steady, OSU was. And last where was uh, Goddard up from OU? How did he play? Uh, let me see here. That's the transfer, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's from Rutgers, was the Big Ten player of the year last he, year. He uh, finished minus two, T14. Okay, so solid tournament all uh, around for both state schools. Dad, is anyone going to beat OU or OSU this year? OU's awful young. Uh, Logan McAllister's a great player. Uh, OCS player, I think, isn't he, Sam? Uh, uh, Logan McAllister, yeah. he's CHA, I C-H-A. think. CHA, yep. okay. Yep. Go, went to the same school as uh, Ryder Callen. Yep. And uh, uh, Coach Hibble, uh, we got to know Ryan really well. He recruited Taylor, and I'm uh, really impressed by him. He, he, he seems like a real solid dude. Uh and, and OSU's program has just been second to none forever. So I wouldn't bet against them, but there's so many good players out there. Yeah, 
No here, doubt. One, one last thing we got to get to, Sam. Let me make sure I want to get this pulled up here. We had the uh, the uh, corn ferry. Everything got settled over there. So we want to make sure to shout out our good uh, friend of the show, Josh Creel. He was able to solidify his tour card. So, I mean, shout out to him. I mean, this fantastic. And obviously, guys like Taylor Moore and Max McGreevy already had their cards. Um, but I'm going to go here and I'm going to figure out exactly the top 50 and who all was able to get in that, that card. Yeah, big because- shout out to Josh Creel. How did we not mention that off the top of the show? Because you had to come on and say some atrocities <laughs> like the Europeans going to beat the Ryder Cup and all this stuff. So, you know, I'm going to scroll the dude down here. So, he's here's the 25 players who earned their tour cards through – um, through the uh, the finals, these are, these are not guys who had it before. So you got uh, Joseph Blamant, uh, Trey Mullinax, who I thought it was funny. I don't know if y'all heard this. Uh, Justin Thomas was asking Bones on like the 14th or 15th hole how the Corn Ferry Finals was going because uh, Mullinax was up there and wanted to know how he was playing on the Corn Ferry Tour. So I thought that was really cool. That uh, is cool. Aaron Rise teammates. Uh, yep. Aaron Rise up there. Uh, Christian Bazanehoot, my boy, was up there as well. Josh Creel, uh, like we mentioned, friend of the show, was up there. Um, Kelly Craft was a, a U.S. Am winner. He was able yep. to get his card. Patrick Rogers, uh, my hero, Kiradet uh, Afro Barnrat, is uh, <laughs> was able to solidify his card. Austin Cook from uh, Arkansas was in there. Um, Peter Uline, OSU player, yep. was able was so he did end up getting it. He did end up getting it as well. And so that, that that's just the uh, that's just the twenty five that we mentioned, not including the twenty five who already had their cards like McGreevy and and right. uh, T Moore. So congratulations! So how those did guys. those guys play? Um, I'll, let me pull it up here real quick. I'm I sorry, I, I thought don't you think, had it up there. I, I, think I don't. Taylor, I, I, I don't. I think Taylor skipped the tournament. Yeah, Did ta- yeah, okay. Taylor, yeah. Taylor didn't play. I believe he was out. Uh, for example, like Bo Van Pelt, he was in the field. He made the cut, but was down towards the bottom um, of the guys who made the cut. And so I'm just scrolling through here. So the last Joseph Blamet was the first name, and Trey Mullinex. They finished one and two this last week. Uh, uh, Bramlett ended up winning by four strokes over on the um, on the Corn Ferry. So, I mean, that's just really exciting stuff over there, Sam. And just to know, I mean, out of the 50 guys who got tour cards, we had, what, four? Four or five with Oklahoma ties? Absolutely. I, I mean, just, I mean, how and great it, is it to say? And, and we know a lot of these guys, too, just awesome individuals. I mean, yeah. class act. No doubt. It's great for all those guys that it's the first look at the PGA Tour and the guys that are back on tour. And speaking of backs, go visit our friends at the Spine Clinic of Oklahoma City located on Broadway and Britain. Uh, Dr. Beecham and Dr. Brawley are two of the biggest specialists in the Oklahoma City area. Dr. Brawley uh, was actually ranked top 20 under 40 uh, in all of America as spine surgeons go. And so just go visit our friends there. They're great. Reagan works there and she loves it, loves all the people up there. So, you know, if you need back surgery or even, you know, back shots or anything uh, to get rid of that pain and get ready for the fall season, which is the best season to play golf in Oklahoma, go visit our friends at the Spine Clinic of Oklahoma City. T-Dub, did we mention it? Did we miss anything? Um, I guess, you know, it was the first weekend of college football, so let's give a little college football update. We're both big OU fans, and um, that's probably the main reason why I had too many of those clubbies is because Spencer Rattler and Lincoln Riley made me drink too much, so I will blame. (laughs) I will blame them, and I will send them a bill for any hangovers. I would love to see Caleb Williams. That's all I'll say. What? Okay. All right. So we'll we'll we'll. Randy. Randy's a big OU football guy. What do you think about OU's football this this past weekend? Seems like we always start slow for some reason, and uh, you know everybody rolled off the season last year when we lose back to back to Kansas State and Iowa State, and then when they run the table. And That's just true. and just boat race Florida in the in the Cotton Bowl that led it led to all this all this hype and the hype I think is what got them. 
I think the kids are listening to, to too much hype. I, I definitely think Spencer Rattler is listening to way too much hype. You got everybody on ESPN making him the Heisman. So so he's trying he tried to make throws that he didn't need to make. More worried about putting up numbers than uh productive football. And I I think Coach Riley will get that straightened out. Yeah, I sure hope so. I, the, the good things are I like Mario Williams. I, that, he got, looks like Hollywood Brown 2.0. I think I think they've got some dogs, some young players that are going to be good. I'll and wait to he, mention OSU until Colby gets back on, <laughs> but they were one throw away from having to stop a two-point conversion to lose to Missouri State. They were about six throws away, and they got lucky, on the, especially <laughs> those last three minutes of the game. But we won't, we won't do another show before your Eagles play, Sam, first week. What, what are your thoughts on the your Eagles? The Eagles are going to surprise some people. Who they play week one? I honestly don't know. I don't know. I, I'd have to pull it up. I, I got fantasy drafts tonight and tomorrow, so I, I'm just focused on getting my well, players. I'm not. I, I haven't looked at week one. I'm matchup. sure there's not many Eagles fans around here, but if <laughs> we do have any Eagles fans that are listening, I'm I'm a little optimistic. You know, Jalen Hurts isn't the best, but he isn't the worst. We have a great receiving core now. They're young, but they have potential to be great. Our offensive line, you know, Lane Johnson, and uh, we have Peters back, and not only Peters, but uh, but. Kelsey as well, the center. And so he's he's back. So the offensive line looks decent. And, you know, the defense still has Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. So they should be okay. They, they might be, you know, a little better uh, than a lot of people think. I bet my buddy Justin Cates a little over-under. We set the over-under at six and a half. And so I took the seven wins for the Eagles. So, you know, maybe, maybe that hits, maybe it doesn't. Uh, but I do know one thing, that we will win at least as many or more playoff games as the Cowboys will. I actually like your over six and a half there, but might be with, zero. with you being an Eagles fan and Colby being a Cowboys fan, I will be a Giants and Redskins fan for most of the year <laughs> because I like to root against teams. I only root for my fantasy teams when it comes to the NFL. Father, thank you so much for joining us. We love your insights, especially on how to make some money in the one and done. Any closing thoughts before we get out of here? I just got, got a funny story. I can't remember if I was talking to Sam's dad, Craig, Right, whenever you and Kobe uh, started, or maybe it'd been Rod Moore, and they they asked me, uh, "How did Taylor and Kobe come up with the idea to do a podcast?" And I just said, "It's the same golf BS I hear heard in my kitchen while they were growing up." <laughs> that's, that, that's basically it, yeah. And so, they would they they would uh, go over every tournament j- just like they do on the show, and they would do it do it in either Kobe's house or my or Taylor and my house and it, it started way young so they just carried it on <laughs> that's how you know we're doing what we love right Sam no doubt it definitely doesn't feel like a job that's for sure uh, but anyways Randy thank you so much for joining us today T-Dub always awesome talking to you Colby Powell will be back next week uh, and over the off season if you guys have any suggestions on guests or any segments you want to do uh, want us to do uh, then definitely let us know at the 73rd hole on Twitter and at 73rd hole on Instagram. Um, definitely let us know and give suggestions because we will have a little more leeway and time uh, as the PGA Tour season winds down. And then after the Ryder Cup, we'll have some time to do some cool stuff and get some cool guests on uh, and, and especially 
as the schedules go. I think we're going to go down to uh, the uh, Red River, which is not at Dorna Kills because they're redoing Dorna Kills. It'll be at Windstar, so we'll do some uh, do some junior golf coverage. We'll have some more college golf uh, fall season coverage, and so uh, definitely let us know. Definitely listen, subscribe, rate five stars, please. If you like the show, if you don't like the show, still give us five stars and then delete it off your phone and resubscribe again. So. Uh, for Sam Humphreys, uh, I mean, for Taylor Williams and Randy Williams, this was Sam Humphreys in the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Marka.